in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Two great things in verse 2. They stated he was born king. He didn't have to become king. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. He was but an infant, but they came to worship an infant king. Verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Shall we bow and shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all of your blessings. We thank you for even waking us up this morning. Father, we pray that you would please forgive us for our sins and our shortcomings of life. Forgive us, please, for sin that may be in our life now. And forgive us, please, as we live this life as the blood of Jesus. We ask that it cleanses us from all of our sins. We pray as we worship you that as we look at your word and look at God that we may look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what is it that the Lord would want me to correct or get straight before it's eternally too late? We pray, Father God, that you would be among us as we worship you. We ask that you have the Holy Spirit assist us and be active in this worship. That those who are lost, that those who need to get in Christ by way of baptism, that at the end of this lesson that they would come down the aisles and say, today I'm going to get in Christ by being baptized in liquid tomb of water baptism for all of my sins. And Father, we pray for those who are in your kingdom that is not living according to the kingdom rules, that you would touch them, convict their lives, that they may repent and get it right before it's too late. Just be with us as we worship you today. That our minds may not be on ourselves, may not be on our problems and our issues, but it may be on the great God of heaven who is worthy to be praised. Now be with us now as we continue on in our worship to the King of heaven. For this is the prayer we offer in his name, Jesus the Christ. Let us all say amen. I would ask our assigned Bible reader this morning to be finding for us, Brother Carrick, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we want to begin our lesson in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16 and verse number 17. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and verse number 17, and we hope that you have your Bibles in hand. Uh, today, I know that we have a screen that we look uh, at every Sunday, but please don't become so lazy where you stop bringing your Bibles uh, with you. Uh, always be uh, a person who will take his Bible, his word, his sword uh, with him 
uh, to worship God. And uh, we may become uh, obsolete when it comes to the Bible because we have uh, these screens and technology has been good to us, uh, but never become so lazy where you stop toting your Bible uh, with you. Amen? And so we look forward to seeing you with those things. But listen to the Bible right quickly. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 and 17, the Bible says what? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. The next part says what? And it's profitable for doctrine. And it is profitable for teaching or doctrine. Read. For reproof. It is for reproof or correcting. For correction. Uh-huh. For instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness. Read on. That the man of God. That the man of God may what? May be perfect. Perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Unto all good works. Now, let me say this. Now, keep in mind, all scripture, all scripture, everything that is in your Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, all of it is what? Inspired by God. It is God breathed. God gave it. I don't care if it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. It came from God. I don't care if it's from the Torah, the law, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, or the Gospels in the New Testament. They all come from God. Whether they be minor prophets, whether they be the major prophets, whether they be the epistles or the letter of Paul, they all come from the Bible. It makes no difference or from God. It makes no difference where God placed it and where he positioned it in the Bible. All of it came from God. And God respects his word. And since God respects his word, you and I need to always give reverence to the word of God. We may not like what God has to say. We may not want to change what God has to say. But we need to always give respect to God's word, the Bible. And whenever we give respect to God's word, the Bible, we will give respect to ourselves in that we will make the necessary corrections in our lives. It's not always easy, but we always need to give God reverence and respect to the point where it changes our lives. Now somebody said, why did you start it off with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 17? The reason why I did that because... I want to talk to you today on a subject title that talks about the birth of Jesus. Now, let me say this, that oftentimes we, we don't talk about the birth of Jesus. The only time we really talk about the birth of Jesus in church is doing a vacation Bible school, perhaps, or in a small children Sunday school class. But for the most part, we don't talk about the birth of Jesus. We don't talk about Jesus being born in a manger. Matter of fact, the majority of the times we hear and see baby Jesus born in a manger during the time of December the 25th. That's when we think about the birth of Jesus the most. But I want you to know that before we can have Jesus, as an adult walking the dusty roads of, of Galilee, 
we first of all have to start with Jesus in a manger. Before we could have Jesus dying on Calvary's cross, we first of all have to start with Jesus in a manger. Before we could have Jesus being buried in Joseph's new tomb, we first of all have to start with Jesus in a manger. Before we could have Jesus getting up on the third day according to the scriptures, we first of all have to start with Jesus in a manger. Before we can start with Jesus stepping on the clouds of heaven, ascending into heaven on the right hand of the throne of God, we first of all have to start with Jesus in a manger. And I know today is the Sunday prior to Christmas. Now, I want you to understand something very, I want to be clear today. It is not my job to tell you that you can celebrate Christmas. It's not my job to tell you that you cannot celebrate Christmas. That is something that you have to decide on yourself. Amen, somebody. It's not the preacher's job to tell you that Christmas is a sin. It's not my job to tell you that it's not a sin. It is your job to determine what your faith will allow you to do and what your faith will not allow you to do. And the Bible says uh, in the scriptures, it tells us that whatever is not a faith is sin. You have to test your own faith and to see what your faith will allow you to do. And I want you to know something else. What your faith may allow you to do, it may not allow my faith to do. And what my faith would allow me to do may not allow your faith to do. So let's just get that out of the way right now. Amen, somebody. I'm not coming down here to tell you Christmas is a sin. Now am I telling you it is not a sin. Because let the truth be told. A whole lot of us in here benefit from the Christmas holidays. Amen, somebody. We can't dismiss the birth of Jesus. Though you might want to dismiss Christmas in your house, and that's your, that's your house. You can do whatever you want in your house. But you can't tell another man how to do what he does in his house. Though we want to dismiss December the 25th, though we want to dismiss Christmas, let us never forget not to dismiss that Jesus was born in a manger. And when the Lord was born, he was born king. And wise men came from the east. And the Bible says that they came to worship baby Jesus. Now my subject today, since all of us have to deal with Christmas, whether you want to deal with it or not, you still have to deal with Christmas. If you're in the school system, you ain't going to work. Amen, somebody. And you sure enough like that because it is because of Christmas that they have given you two weeks and a day that you don't have to go to work. Now, anybody who don't want the two weeks and a day, go talk to your principal and ask him if they got any kind of work that you can do. Tell them because you don't want the benefits that come from Christmas. The bonuses that they give you all sometime on your job during Christmas. If you don't want that bonus, just say, hey, hey, look, just give my bonus to my preacher. He'll take it. Amen, somebody. What's your point, Brother Fields? You cannot dismiss Jesus, though we want to dismiss December the 25th 
and Christmas. We still have to deal with those things. Matter of fact, come uh, Christmas Day, some of y'all are going to be around the table. And you're going to be eating turkey, ham, pig feet, hog mob, pig tails. I mean, if that's what you want. You're going to be eating ham. You're going to be eating dressing. You're going to have desserts. You're going to have some drinks. You're going to have some music. You're going to have some laughs. And I'm saying all of that, that those things all come with what? With Christmas. Now, I'm not telling you to get out there and to go celebrate Santa Claus. I'm not trying to tell you to tell your children to stay up because Santa will be coming down the chimney and some of y'all don't even have a chimney. I know for the last 16 years, I've been Santa and my wife been Miss Claus. And ain't no Santa come down my chimney yet. But everything that we buy don't come down the chimney, but it does come through our bank account. My thing today is this. The subject title for this morning is How Should Christians Spend Christmas? And the reason why I'm saying that, how should you spend it? Because you can't run from it. Because you got kinfolk like I got kinfolk. Your kids benefit from this thing. Sometimes your job benefit from this thing. So you can't run from Christmas. And so though some of us want to dismiss Christmas altogether, you cannot dismiss that Jesus the Christ was born. But since we have to deal with it one way or another, how should we spend this man-made holiday? Well, give me the first point, and let's talk about that one on today. Watch this here. Point number one. You know, we got a holiday that we call Thanksgiving, right? I, I mean, Thanksgiving, right? It comes what? Once a year. Thanksgiving comes one time a year. But for the child of God. We are not just thankful one time a year. I know you're thankful for that fried turkey. I know you're thankful for that ham. But let truth be told. The child of God is thankful what? Every day. For the Bible says in Psalm 118 and verse number 24, the principle there is teaching us that all of us should rejoice and be glad because this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We're not just thankful once a year when Thanksgiving comes around. We are thankful every day because God has given us every day that we're able to put one foot before the other. Every day we're able to see with our own eyes and with our tongue and hear with our ears. We ought to be thankful each and every day. We don't put one day above another day. Because all the days God has given us to enjoy, we give thanks to him because every day he gives us is a day that was birthed by God. And every day that is birthed by God is giving you and me an opportunity and an avenue to be able to show God how grateful and how appreciative we are for his goodness that he has given us in this world. It's not once a year, but it's each and every day. I mean, how can you be a child of God and you are not thankful to God for the blessings that he gives us each and every day? So I say that to say this. We don't put one day 
above any other day. Because every day God gives us is a day for us to be thankful to the God of heaven. And God has been so good to all of us. I mean, you think about it. The year is almost over. How many funerals some of you have gone to this year? How many people have lost their lives this year? But here are you and I. We are sitting and standing here today, not because of ourselves, but God has been so good to us on today. And how can we live each and every day not saying, thank you, Lord, for being good to me and to my house. There's somebody right now lying in a hospital bed, tubes in their nose, breathing machine on their body, can't even talk, not even cognitive on today. But here are you and I sitting in our right minds, at least I think we are, having the opportunity to be thankful and grateful and appreciative to what God has done for us. Listen, the man who died the women who died, you and I are no better than them. We're not here because we were better than folk who died. We are here because the grace of God decided to spare our lives. And I mean when you think about folk who are weeping now, you, you, you're pretty happy right now, but there are some people who have lost their kinfolk this year who will be weeping during the time we call Christmas because there will be a missing chair or somebody missing from the chair. But here we are. You got your right mind. You got your spouse. You got your children. You got your grandchildren. Everybody's doing well. Everybody's fine. How can you not give thanks to God? Not just once a year, but every day is a thanksgiving day for you and for me. So let's be thankful. How should we spend this thing? By being thankful to God each and every day. Point number two, the Bible says, if the Bible says what? Do good every opportunity. Every opportunity. Every opportunity. Now let truth be told, sometimes we let opportunity pass us by. It's not that God don't give us the opportunity to do some things. But sometimes we watch our opportunity just pass us by. Now, before I get to number two, I want to go to Matthew chapter one. I want the assigned reader to go to Matthew chapter one. I want you to start the reading at verse number 18, Matthew chapter one and verse number 18, Brother Carrick. And I want you to read that. And the Bible says there in verse number 18 of Matthew one, it says what? Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on, the on this wise. Now the birth of Jesus was on the wise. Now watch this. It says what? When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Uh-huh. When she was courting Joseph in that period. And I want you to understand something here. You, you can't make light of the birth of Jesus. You, you, you can't make light of this. As I stated before, all of the other activities and events in Jesus' life would have never happened if you wouldn't have this. It, it had to start with the birth before you could have the burial. It, it had to start in the beginning. Watch, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, read, read on. 
Before they came together. Before they came together in marriage, read, or before they came together in sexual relations, the Bible says. She was found with child. She was found with child. Of the Holy Ghost. Now, let's be, let, let truth be told here. Now, if you are dating your wife on an engagement period, and all of a sudden she's pregnant now. Right? This is before everything happens. And she comes to you, tell you she's pregnant. Now, now what you going to do? And then she said, "This is, baby, baby, listen, I, I need you to understand. This is not, this is, I haven't been with any other man. This is of the Holy Spirit. Now, today, y'all would have said, you done lost your mind, woman. You sure enough crazy like my mama said you was. <laughs> Amen. She was found with child of the what? Of the Holy Ghost. That doesn't make sense to us, Right? Verse 19, watch what he says that. Verse 19 says. Then Joseph, her husband. Then Joseph, her husband. Being just a man. Being just a what? A man. Being just a man, read. And not willing to make her a public example. And not willing to make her a public example, read. Was minded to put her away privately. Joseph would have think like me and you. He like, now wait a minute, Mary. Now you, 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 now wait a minute here. You say what? He wanted to put her away publicly. Or privately, rather. And not publicly, but watch verse 20. But while he thought on these things. But while he thought on these things. Sometimes you need to think on some things. You, you need to think before you act. And sometimes we just act. Sometimes we make impulsive decisions. You got to think before you act. He says, while he thought on these things. Now what would have happened if he wouldn't have thought and ponder on these things? The Bible says what else? Behold. Behold. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a what? In a dream. In a dream, saying what? Joseph. Joseph, read. Thou son of David. Son of David, stop right here. Now, this is very important. If you would have never had the birth of Jesus. See, see, what you need to understand, Joseph could not have put Mary away. Because if he would have put Mary away, remember Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, shall remember him, on the side of the road, hollering, Jesus, thy son of who? David. Jesus, thy son of David. Listen, if David or Joseph, rather, would have pushed Mary away, then Jesus could have not be called the son of David. He comes from the lineage of King David. All those who follow David comes from kings. Solomon, king. Solomon's son, king. Our son, king. All the way through, the king Jesus had to come through King David's lineage. And if Joseph would have put Mary away not to be his wife, then spiritually and physically, Jesus could have not been called the son of David. You see how things line up? And if Jesus is called the son of David, not through Mary, he's called the son of David through Joseph because Joseph is coming from the lineage of King David. And so he says, Joseph, thou son of who? Of David. David. Read on, Brother Carrick. He says what? Fear not. To Fear take. not. To take unto who? The Mary. Read on. Wife. 
for thy wife. Thy wife, for that which is conceived in her uh -huh. is of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to say something. You ain't going to believe the angel unless you have faith and trust in God. You're not going to believe the angel unless you are a man of God. The Bible says Joseph was a just man. Joseph, y'all, even though he was older than Mary, Joseph was a man of God. Joseph believed in God. Joseph trusts God. And when the angel told him that what is going on is led by the Holy Spirit of God, it got Joseph's what? Attention. This morning we were talking about the same one right here, the Holy Ghost in Bible study. He was way back yonder. I want to say something today. We talk about grace and truth. Don't you know grace and truth was in the Old Testament? Huh? Grace and truth was in the Old Testament. How you think they got out of Egypt without grace? How you think they made it through the wilderness 40 years without grace? How you think they crossed the Jordan River and the Red Sea without grace? How you think they became the people of God in Canaan's land without grace? Grace was seen even in the Old Testament. And the Holy Spirit was working even in the Old Testament. And I want you to understand here that the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament, but things happened in the early church. It was because of the acts of the Holy Spirit. And one reason why we don't get some things done in the church today like they did in the early church is because we rely mostly on ourselves and not on the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit was working with those 12 men in the New Testament. And you know one of the things I want you to say, and then I'll get to point two, we get caught up on two men in the New Testament. We get caught up on Paul, and we get caught up on Peter. Now, I do admit Paul and Peter did a whole lot of work, but I want you to know that Paul and Peter was not the only two men working in the church in the New Testament. You know, we think about Paul, we think about Peter, but what about Silas? What about Barnabas? What about Titus? What about Timothy? And oh, I like this one here. We get caught up on Paul and Peter to the point where we forget about folk like Philip. You see, they got Paul and Peter doing their job. But what about all of the Philips that is working, that we don't call them by name, but thank God for the Silases? Thank God for the Barnabas. Thank God for the Phillips. Thank God for the Titus. Thank God for the Timothys. And thank God for all of the other men that you don't read so much about in the New Testament because Paul and Peter suck up most of the attention. But I say this. Though they suck up more of the attention, those two men needed God mostly more than other people as well. Amen, somebody. Paul needed more of the Lord Jesus. And sure enough, Peter needed more of the Lord Jesus. So I wanted to try to give you a background on what we were dealing with on this morning. That this had to happen the way that it did. Because Jesus could have not been called the son of David if Joseph would have put Mary, his mother, away. But, uh, point number two. Go back to it. Do good to every or rather, do good every opportunity. Now, you know the scripture, Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10. The Bible says, as we have what? Therefore, opportunity. 
let us do good unto who? Unto all men. Do good unto all men. How should you spend your Christmas? By doing good to everybody. You see, just because it is Christmas, that's not the only time that you should do good to others. You should do good every day. Matter of fact, every opportunity you have to do good to somebody, do good to them, do good for them each and every day. Listen, for your children, sometimes people will go out and spend their last dime to provide a present for their children, and then they don't have anything to eat next week. Let me tell you something. If you got to go broke to buy a present and to make a decision, if you're going to buy a present or be able to eat the next day, my advice to you is say a prayer for your children and eat the following day. You can do good some other time when you have the opportunity. And if you don't have the opportunity to do good, don't stress yourself behind it. I remember coming up. We didn't have monies to buy no presents. I remember we had a, we had a miniature Christmas tree. Somebody said, that fits you well, Brother Phil. That fits you well. No taller than this. But every year we would put that little tree up. That little rinky, ugly little tree, we'd put them out under there. Sometimes there was no presents underneath the tree. But we would look at that little tree every single year. If you don't have the opportunity, don't you stress yourself behind those things. And I remember the Catholic Church would provide gifts for children. And, and not, not, not new gifts all the time. Sometimes they give you secondhand gifts. And, and you, had to, you had to put your name, you had to give your name to uh, the Catholic Church, and, and they, would, they, would, they would bring you some gifts. I don't know where they got them old secondhand gifts, but, I, but thank God for them secondhand gifts. I remember I had a football. Football. I remember, and you know at the end of the football, how sometimes the leather uh, and the rubber comes off, and you can see uh, what's inside the black, you know, tubing of the ball. I remember I had one like that. They brought, I was so happy to have that football. I played with that football every day, every day I played. It might have been a second-hand football, but it was brand new to me. Amen, somebody. When you have the opportunity, do good. There's some people who could need your help January the 25th. There's some people who can use a new, a new, a new jacket February the 25th. There's some people who can use food. March the 25th. There's somebody who can use their need monies to pay their rent on April the 25th. And we stressing ourselves on December the 25th. What's your point? My point is every time you have an opportunity to do good for somebody, take that opportunity because it might be in that opportunity is where you can find your blessing. I ain't blessing nobody with nothing. I ain't giving him nothing. He got a mama and a daddy. Well, his mama and a daddy may not be as fortunate as you. If God has blessed you to do something for a family down the street from your house, and if you can make a little boy smile, then you buy him a tonka truck and you bring it to him on Christmas Day that you can put a smile in his heart and a smile on his parents' face. You see, sometimes we, we allow the things of life to twist our minds. 
and we fail to take the opportunity that God has placed before us to do what? To do good. And beside us taking the opportunity, we will criticize and miss our opportunity and we'll miss the blessing that God sometimes wants to bless you with. But sometimes you don't get it because we have twisted these things. But do good. Every opportunity. Every opportunity that God placed before you. Do good. And I like what God did. He starts off, he says, do good to all men. God doesn't discriminate. He says whether that person is a Christian or not, whether they're black or white, Hispanic or Asian. He said, do good to all men. But he says, especially the household of faith. That means, man, if I, if I know you need something, Brother Alexander, and there's an opportunity for me to be able to do it, guess what God expects me to do? To take that opportunity to take that opportunity and do good and do good. It ain't to boast, y'all. It ain't to say, look what I have done like Ananias and Sapphira. It is to do good and let God do the boasting for you. Let somebody else toot your horn, their, their horn about your deeds and your works. You know, there are some people who will not do something for somebody else without Wanting recognition. You know, you ought to bless people, and whenever you do it, you ought not want to be cheered on by it. Because if God has blessed you to do it, then it's really not coming from you. It is coming from God. And God is just saying, I gave you this, now let me see what you're going to do with it now. God and the Holy Spirit ought to direct your life to be able to take advantage of the opportunities. And do good to all men, but y'all, especially them of the household of faith. Now, this is just in my lesson, and this ain't to toot no harm. We were putting gas the other day in the uh, in my car, and I uh, I was at the uh, at the gas station at the station. I, what what was this? I, I think it was Circle K, maybe a Circle K Exxon off of uh, Blue Bonnet and uh, or Cool Line. And uh, and there was a woman out there. It was cold that night. And, uh, and, and she had a sign, and, and she had, you know, some stuff going around her. And, uh, and I said, I said, man, this woman is out here sitting down, asking for monies, and it's cold out there. Now, y'all, I don't have more money than me. But that wasn't that on my mind at that time that was going to stop me from helping this woman. So I, I went to the car, and I, I heard her, you know, she said, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. And you know what people do, and you, you, you know how we do. We hear these people calling out for help. Amen, somebody. Excuse me, ma'am. We see him. We saw him when we walk in that store. And we already made up our mind. I ain't helping him. I ain't, and I ain't telling you this ain't about you helping him. It's not about you not helping him. I'm saying when you got opportunity. If your monies ain't long enough to help nobody, I'm not telling you to go in your pocket and you ain't got no dollar to give nobody. That's not what I'm telling you. But you know what I'm saying. If you got opportunity, if that dollar ain't going to break you, amen, somebody. Well, I ain't giving it to I don't know what they're going to do. I don't care what they do with it. When I got the opportunity, and you know what I did? I, I went out there, and I, I got in my car, and I drove around. My wife said, what you doing? I said, I'm going over here, and uh, I'm going to give this lady some, uh, some money. And she didn't tell me nothing after that. I, I got out of the car, 
walked over to the lady, handed her the money, turned around, got back in my car, and I went on by my business. But watch this here. But I had the opportunity. What I gave that woman wasn't going to break me. What I gave that woman wasn't a, we ain't going to broke behind that. What I gave that woman was not for me to toot my horn on. God provided an opportunity. That's what he did. He provided an opportunity. The woman cried out. Somebody responded to the cry. I don't know who the woman is. I don't know what kind of money she has. I don't know her background. I don't care to know about that. God provided the opportunity. And all I did was took advantage of the opportunity. Oh, how I wonder. How many people is planted in those places by God to test the people of God? Oh, how I wonder. If the tables turn tomorrow, what kind of sign would you have? I mean, what would you write on your sign? Have you ever thought about that? Because you got to be real good now to get people's attention. You got to look real awful to get people's attention. But let me tell you something. You can look like I'm looking right now. You can look like Brother Taher and Brother Young right now. And you can be broke like a joke. It's not about what you got on. It's sure enough what, where you live and it's not what, what you drive. I've done seen plenty of people who got some good jobs who ain't got a dime in the bank. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know firsthand. It's not about what you got on. It's not about where you live. And it's sure enough not about what you drive. There are a whole lot of people who are in need of help, who are living on the house on the hill. And when you walk up in that house, you think everything is fine. But they had to sell all of their furniture and sleep on the floor because the tables turn. All I'm telling you is this. Is be careful when we do not take advantage of our opportunities. How should we spend Christmas? By doing good. By taking opportunity and doing good unto all men but especially them of the household of faith. As we hasten on point number three, watch this here. How should we spend Christmas? Be respectful to all in authority. Be respectful to all in authority. You know, children, if you're still living with your parents, your mom and your dad, your grandmother, your grandfather is the authority. Hello, somebody. We live in a day and time where children don't see their parents as authorities no more. Huh? They don't see them as the authority no more. They just see them as somebody convenient for my living. But there was a time when people grew up where children respect their parents or whoever the guardian was as somebody what? In authority. And regardless whether it be a parent Regardless if it be a president, everybody should have shot amen on that one. Regardless if it's the policeman, regardless if it's the boss on your job, regardless if it's leaders in the church, regardless if whoever it is, if they have authority over you, God want us to do what? Give them respect. But I don't like him. But I can't stand him. And these are Christians talking. Your job is to give respect. All of this is in Ephesians chapter 6. I don't have the time to read all of it. But especially if you got a parent who takes care of you, who feeds you, 
who brings you places, who blesses you and gives you things, why shouldn't you respect that individual? One of the primary problems we have in, in the world today is lack of respect in the home. Children no longer are respecting their parents. And thank God for the some who still respect their fathers and their mothers. And I know what some of you are saying, let my children try. Just let them try to disrespect me. It would be the last time. But watch this over here. Watch this here. We shouldn't even go through those extremes. Children should be able to give you respect based on how you treat them. If daddy and mama is treating you the right way, man, you should, you should automatically say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. Huh? Hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. What? Amen, somebody. You know your children do that. Don't act like you, you don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, Susan, what is it? Can I help you? There was a time when you grew up and you talked that way to some older folk. They slapped you right in your mouth. Did you hear me? These kids are in everybody's business. They know all of the parents' business. There was a time when you had to go in another room or get your butt outside. There was a time when you said something while grown folk was talking, they slapped you in your mouth and dared you to go tell anybody else. And when you went tell somebody else, they messed around and slapped you again in your mouth. Huh? But you can't slap nobody's children today because mama and the whole Mm -hmm. It's coming to your house. That's the problem. We done gave the children too much authority. Too much authority. Folk at the schoolhouse come out there, half dressed, hair half comb. Child said the teacher did something. Mama's racing down there, speed, getting all kind of tickets to come to the school and tell off the principal and tell off the teacher. You know your child got to sass him out. You know your child talk back to you. So why your child going to talk back to you and not talk back to the person in the classroom? If they don't respect the authority in the house, they're not going to respect the authority in the classroom. They got children walking up to teachers in the classroom while they're teaching and striking teachers in the face. Huh? Well, I pity the mm hmm do something like that. Amen, somebody. And I watched this young lady strike an elderly teacher straight in the face. Let me tell you something. If your children disrespect you, they're going to disrespect other folk. And don't go to school talking about, I know my child didn't do that. Stop lying. You know your child just got through cussing you out last night. You know your children just, just got through telling off their grandparents last week. You know you had to go get that boy out of jail last month. You know your other son was in detention center for three months. And then you go come out, I know my child is, I, yes, you, you know your children. If you pay attention to your child, you know them. 
I don't care how slick and sly they are. Don't come up in here calling me and talking about, oh, Mr. Vils, you need to come down to Forest Heights Academy. You know, Aaron done did something. And I, I ain't going marching out there. I know my children, they do that. I know Aaron. I know what he will do with me, and I know what he will do without me being there. And I know he will obey when I'm there, and I know he can be a child and mischievous when I'm not there. So I ain't coming up to school trying to buck up on nobody, talking about my child didn't do that. I know what he's capable of doing when I'm not around. Don't you ever say what your children are not capable of doing when they run around here with these hood rats. I mean, these, uh, you know, these, these, uh. You the Bible reader, you got to get me back on track. Ephesians chapter 6, let's close out with the next point number 4. In closing, worship God every Lord's day. Worship God every Lord's day. God, that's a, that's a, that's a big one right there. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This, this is a big one right here. This is a big day for Christians. You, you can't be no Christian without this day right here. If you don't participate in this one, you can't be no child of God. This is a big day. It was big in the church day in the first century. It was big in AD 64, 65. It was big in AD 70. It's, it's big today. It's this, this day here, this is God's day, all right? Do, do, do we understand that? I want you to clear your mind. You need to clear your schedule. You need to clear your calendar. When this day come, uh-uh, this, this belongs to God. You can't be talking about we're going to plan all of this, we're going to do all of that, even on your vacation. You best understand, even on your vacation, it's God's day. Hello, somebody. Worship God every Lord's day. Day. And I know the CMN Christians are in church today. They worship on Christmas. CME. CME Christians, they have them. They only come three times a year. They come the Sunday before Christmas. CME. Mother's Day and Easter. A child of God worship God every day. There is no Sunday that is larger than any other Sunday. Because Jesus got up on the third appointed morning, which was the first day of the week. And the early church took that, and every Sunday we worship God and we remember what Jesus did for us when he got up on the first day of the week. Every Sunday, y'all, is God's day. You got six he give you to be what? To be thankful. To do good. To be respectful. But then on the Lord's day, that's your day and my day to worship the Lord. So how should we spend, as Christians, Christmas? Be thankful to God every day. God is a good God. Everything you got that's good came from God. 
So be thankful. Number two, do good and take opportunity that God gives you. It might be on a Christmas holiday. It might be January. It might be during the summer. Whenever God gives you opportunity to do good to somebody, do good to somebody. It might be on your street. It might be in the neighborhood. It might be at a grocery store. Somebody might get to the cash register and can't pay $25.97. And if you got the $25.97, just say, ma'am, look, I got you. I got you. Just, just go on. Just take care of the, the person. If God has given you the opportunity, and if you got it, then you take that opportunity, not to boast, but to glorify God. And when you bless somebody else, it's not about you. You can say, thank you, Jesus, that I had 25 97 cents to bless the little old lady who could not pay what she needed. You don't know where a person is. But when you bless that person, you will fulfill that person's entire day. But you never know what God got in store for you when you miss your opportunity. And then thirdly, be respectful. Be respectful. Just be respectful. And you know, we'll live, a we'll live in a better world today if we would all respect each other. I mean, really, if we just respect husband and wives, daughters and mothers, sons and fathers, employees on the job, neighbors and neighbors, Christians to Christians, uh, ci civilians to policemen, if we would just all respect each other. It's about just being respectful. And when you respect somebody, let me tell you something. When you are doing right by somebody, it's hard for somebody to mistreat you when you are doing right by them. If you say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really mean that. Please forgive me. I, I just wouldn't pay. I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, it's hard for somebody to go upside your head when you're doing that. It, it, really, it really is. It, it, it really takes an evil person to go upside your head and the person is apologetic. I'm sorry. Look, I didn't mean no harm. Please forgive me. I, I wouldn't, I'm so sorry. It, it, it do something to you. And then lastly, we come on a day like this to come in to worship God in spirit and in truth. God has been so good to us. And children, I don't know who you are. You, you know, if you don't have three and four, five, six, seven, ten presents underneath your Christmas, I, mine ain't going to have all them presents like that, but but I just want you, that's coming through, through too much through my account. I can't have that. I'll go broke. Amen, somebody. But I want you to know something. If you ain't got all them stuff, don't, don't, don't you cry. Hello, somebody. Don't you go to crying, talking about mama, I don't, I didn't get, no, don't, don't, don't you cry. You don't, don't you cry. Amen. It, it's going to be all right. If you got a bed to sleep in. If you got some hot food to go in your belly, if you got some clothes, it might be the same clothes you had last year, but you got some clothes on you and they still fit. Amen. If they still fit, huh? If they still fit and still got a little bit of color in them, huh? And y'all got a trans, some type of transportation to get you somewhere. You ain't got to walk in the cold. Huh? You can get somewhere. And you got a roof over your head where when it rains outside, you ain't like the old dog Rover ain't got nowhere to go. Huh? You ought to be thankful. Well, we miss out on the blessings of life, all the good things God has given us. Huh? Yeah. 
And if you ain't got a piece of turkey to eat on Thanksgiving, well, I tell you what, if I got an extra leg, you can call me. I'll give you one. I'll give you an extra leg. Now, you can't eat the whole turkey now, but I'll give you something. Amen, somebody. Because we are family in the Lord's house. We're not like family. In the church of Christ, we are family. Whether you like it or not. Whether I like it or not. Guess what? We're going to be family. And that's coming to time. We're going to be family throughout all eternity. I could hear somebody, oh, Lord, all eternity. I've got to put up with him. Amen, somebody. But you're going to have some help in eternity. Ain't God good? God is good. And Brother George says God is good all the time. And all the time God is good. Don't he say that? And daily, isn't that the truth? That's the hallelujah. God is good. Honest truth. All day. And all night. So as you live and spend this Christmas, this Christmas, you be a child of God. You let your light shine in the midst of darkness. You know, in closing, light don't shine too well among light. Have you ever tried that? Put light in light. Don't it don't it don't really do too much. <laughs> uh, but when you take that light and you put it in a place that is dark. You can see the works of darkness far better with a light in darkness, just having light among light. My point in saying that, we can't always just be among ourselves. Sometimes you got to go out there and be with the dark side of this world. Now, you ain't got to go act like them, but you can sure enough go out there and let your light so shine. Sometimes your job give a Christmas party. Ooh, y'all quiet, huh? time the job give a Christmas party and the job wants you to come you know what some of y'all say I'm a Christian I ain't going over there you're missing the whole point God has given you an opportunity not to stay away from the world but to go amongst the world and let your light shine your job is to go down to the party and show them folk how to party in the Lord if you stay away from the folk then they will never be able to learn how to do stuff. Listen, those folk on the street ain't going to come to salvation. We got to take salvation to them. We kill our opportunities. We kill our opportunities. You can't build a rapport with your boss if all the Christmas parties he gives, you never show up. You got to go and slide over and talk to him. Huh? You know, you know John, you've been doing good all week. You know, man, thank you, man. You, you get on this, you know, you start learning about him. You start learning about you. And then you start talking to him about salvation. But you got to get on his good side before you start doing that. Some of y'all burn the bridge before you even build rapport. But if you stay away, if you stay away, the Bible said, let your light so shine that they, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. If you are a child of God, if you got sin in your life today, you want to make something, make it right in your life, you can do so. We're going to give you the opportunity to be able to confess your sin or maybe just ask the church to pray for you. Maybe you're not a Christian and today you want to say, I want to get in Christ. I want to be baptized because I want to, I want to obey the gospel. I believe he died for me. I believe he was buried. I believe he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's what I want to do. I want to get in Christ because I know that if I'm in Christ, I'm secured not only now, but I'm secured eternally. You're going to have an opportunity to do that. Going to have it good. Good, I tell you, it just makes my heart jar for just to see Sister Hall's uh, granddaughter. I remember she was baptized, and she's growing, and uh, but she still has that pretty face. And I remember her 
like yesterday, she got up and she was baptized uh, into Christ. I mean, it's good to see that she's still in there. Amen, somebody. It's a blessing. You can have an opportunity to do that as well. As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come? Why There's don't you come? There's a fountain free, free tears for, for you and, and me. me.